Greetings, everyone. It is now time for Marked Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Marked Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brianne and Melanie, this is Marked Safe. Good morning. Good morning. We know it's going to be a rough edit when it starts with good morning. <laughs> <laughs> I am flying solo today. My boys are home. Yeah. One of them's teething. The little one. The little one. Baby squonky. Baby squonky is teething bad. <laughs> I mean, he's already has some teeth, but the big ones are starting to come in. And he's just. I still can't believe squonk stuck and John Mellencamp didn't. I know. Weird, huh? Yeah. He's so big. So <laughs> we might have some baby noises. Um, He's sleeping now, but if he wakes up, he's just going to have to hang out with me. Sometimes if we record in the morning, Cody will work from home, but he's in Texas right now. That's not possible. So rude, Cody. Rude. How dare you rude. have a job? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Our podcast comes first. Yes. God. He's, Get it together, man. He was on a burning turn. He left last night and he'll be back tonight. Oh, wow. And Ava's really, really stressed. She wants him to eat at Texas Roadhouse in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't understand. Is even a Texas Roadhouse in Texas? I don't know. And she's just, and he goes, well, I, I don't know if I have time. And she's like, but you're in Texas. How many times do you go to Texas? Oh, bless her. Yeah. God. She's so freaking cute. She is cute. So sick of your kids being so cute. It makes me want a million more kids. Me too, because when they get in trouble, it's really hard to be mad at them. <sighs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Especially your one. Is it? Is it? Okay. I shouldn't say this. Is it extra hard to get mad at your one that looks like a pixie? Abby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you can okay. just look at her sideways because, and she will just tears will start streaming down Ugh. her face okay because like my kid's real fucking cute but i definitely can get annoyed with her and i feel like i would be capable of it with most children but abby's face is ridiculous i'd say abby she is a little fairy elf she, i can't with she's her. just so tiny too and it's just yeah it, she's the hardest to be mad at then i would say josie but it's getting a little bit easier because um <laughs> i i'm having to explain to him that he can't use his love as a manipulation tactic, oh. because if he gets mad at me, he'll say, okay, mom, I'm not giving you a kiss and I'm not giving you a back hug because that's his thing. Oh, he, yikes. He doesn't like to give you regular hugs. He likes for you to sit down and like be a big spoon and hug you. And uh, so that's what we're dealing with right now because I am and not. Like, well, now it's easy. I can totally get mad at you now. <laughs> I'm not going to raise <laughs> my son to be able to manipulate you know no, his love for no. things that he wants that's that's not gonna fucking fly not no, with this no, mama because <laughs> you're the best you definitely can't do that and i'm not trying to play favorites with your children they're all fucking precious but like good lord abby's face i can't listen I can't any parent that says they don't have a favorite kid <laughs> i think they're lying 
Because, you gonna, listen. You can't say who it is. You can text me who it is. <laughs> well, mine changes. I feel like certain ages, certain moments, certain things that they do, yeah. certain seasons of their life. Yeah, honestly, we had a we had our foster daughter for a couple of years, and uh, yeah, I, I I would have favorites for periods of time. Yeah, you know, there is a meme going around that honestly, for me at least at that point, is very accurate. That says I don't have a favorite child, but I do have one. I try extra hard not to wake up. Yes, <laughs> and like I know that's like a joke, but it's it, it's true. It's true. It's like that actually it's is how it is. Yeah, it's like I you're not not my favorite, but I'm kind of avoiding you. <laughs> you know, they're but all it, so different. It does change. Yeah. You can raise them all the same and do all the same thing, but they're going to have their own personalities. They're going to have their own triggers. And it's just, it is what it is. It is what it it's is. It's okay to not like your kids sometime too. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. It's healthy. Yeah. They don't like you most of the time. Why is it have the time in the case of mine? <laughs> Why does it have to be so one-sided? Let's level out the playing field. Listen, I like it. I like it. <laughs> this is also taking me back to the memes going around about I'm trying to do gentle parenting, but my child isn't doing gentle children. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's that's a whole mood for mine. You know what? I I honestly feel with the whole gentle parenting thing that it's not gentle parenting. It's just the way you're supposed to parent. We've never... Like, I know with my generation, never grew up with that type of parenting, so we have to put a label on it. But I think yeah, it's just yeah. being a good fucking parent and realizing that oh, your children are people, too. Absolutely. But also, I want—I meant to ask you about this because you started being a parent around the same time I did. You just uh, couldn't fucking stop after that. <laughs> but, do you, okay, I feel like when I had Adelaide, there were certain things that were just – the discourse was unbelievable, like fucking cloth diapering versus not fucking, oh my God, breastfeeding, breastfeeding normalizing Jesus. breastfeeding, cover up, don't cover up, gentle parenting, cry it out. And I guess I'm sure all of these debates are still completely raging on, but I just am not. I don't think in it's those circles bad. anymore. I don't hear it anymore. <laughs> I, I hear it. I see it. It is not to the extent that I did. Like with my first two children, I feel like people are yeah. chilling the fuck out a little bit more. Well, are they chilling out or are we just like not in such newbie Facebook groups and like that part of the world kind of thing? I don't, I don't know. know. But like, I feel like I keep seeing all the stuff about gentle parenting and I'm like, how have I made it back to this corner of the internet? Like I thought <laughs> I had outgrown this, but apparently it's like having a whole new wave mm -hmm. of debate and it's so weird to me and it makes me feel really old yeah i don't know it's right. it's not easy it's not easy no mm -mm. no 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 let's do brackets yes 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 okay so once again i'm aggravated <laughs> <laughs> i never thought this this bracket was gonna piss me off so much it's a good one it's a good one it gives Is it though i feel like both of them have all the feels okay all right. I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm going to get my problematic elephant in the room out right now called the first one has no English lyrics. You can get a translation. Um, So, hey, Mele, no Lilo was actually dedicated to the first and only queen of Hawaii. Do you I know mean, that? that's beautiful and no, it's beautiful. <laughs> and that is lots of um, rich and important history for the. Hawaiian people, 
But you know it's all about lyrics for me, and you know that if I cannot read the lyrics because I do not speak that language, then it is basically no lyrics for me, Melanie. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) We should have sent you a translation. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, so I listened to these, and I I listened to that one first because, you know, it was up top on the bracket, and I was like, okay, I... It's the lyric problem. I don't know. And I feel really problematic because I'm aware that it fucking has lyrics. I just, not to me. Right. So whatever came next was going to be an easy win. But then it turned out to be Dig a Little Deeper. And I haven't actually seen The Princess and the Frog. (laughs) I actually want to. It's so good. I don't really have that many movies on my to-watch list, but that is, in fact, one of them. Tiana is actually based off of a real person she has since passed here in New Orleans that owns a restaurant. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Fucking cool. That is really cool. Yes. I definitely want to see it. I think that it just – I don't know when it was released. I think it must have either been a little bit too early or a little bit too late or something for Adelaide to really be into it. And I just – hadn't gotten around to watching it on my own but i listened to this song and i was like well this is lovely first of all it has fucking lyrics that are in my language (laughs) that's you know in like flynn right there but second of all it's got a great sound and then i listened to the words and i love it it's so good i love it so much it's not just winning it is making it onto my main playlist when i've never even seen the movie yes Yes, and that is a high compliment. I'm picky about that. I don't know if you know about my playlist thing, but every year on my birthday, I start one and it's called, you know, however old I am, like 34. Now that's Brianne, 34. Yes! Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Now that's what I call Brianne. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to our podcast, The Capricorner. I am Lynn. And I am Destiny. And we are two Capricorns destined to meet and linked by the same birthday. On our lifestyle podcast, you'll hear about dating, relationships, pop culture, and psychology, Capricorn style, of course. We highlight our different upbringings and life experiences and compare our thoughts on questionable subjects. So get ready for a challenge to your mental fitness and copious controversy. Listen for new episodes on Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or click the link in the description. Oh, God, I need to change the name to that. No, so this year it's just, it's 34. But at the beginning of the year, it's like a birthday gift to myself. I make basically, I start it with all the songs from the previous playlist that I haven't been skipping lately, (laughs) that I actually really like to hear. And I only take things off of it if they really start pissing me off. And I only add things to it if I really love it. And then later, you know, at the end of the year, it's like a fucking time capsule. And that's That's my main playlist. That's fucking cool, Brianne. You think so? It evolves. I love that so much. Yeah, it evolves. I'm going to have to do that. Okay. Yeah. Like every time, you know, I come across a song that I love or something, I'm like, all right, put it on the playlist. Um, I don't usually take things off of it. Sometimes if it applies to like a situation that's, you know, a very specific emotional situation, then it changes to the point that I don't even want to hear that song anymore. I might take it off. Or if I just like, I, I thought I liked it, but I actually hate it. But generally, I only add to it. But I add to it. I mean... I don't know. I bet I had probably three to five songs a week. So this is one. This is definitely getting added to 34. 
And if I look back on my previous year's playlist, who boy, it is a time capsule and a half. <laughs> so should we talk about it? We should talk about it. We should talk about it. Okay. We're going to have to talk about it. So this song has some lyrics like, dig down deep inside yourself, you'll find what you need, and make yourself a brand new start. And I really love it because I'm getting divorced. Yeah. Yeah. So Tag and I are parting ways. Um, It is entirely amicable. It is. We are best friends. It's fine. It's not. It's fine. It's sad in some ways and not sad in some ways. Like, you know, we, we gave the kid the whole we're better at loving each other as friends speech. And I mean, honestly, it's true. Right. Like that is that is accurate. We we are really good at being best friends and not so good at being married. And it is not it's not a character flaw on either of our parts, really. We're just not fucking compatible. Listen, so. there's no such thing as an easy divorce. I've been through a, a divorce no, myself. No, it is most certainly not easy, but, you know. You can be, be on good terms. You can be on bad terms. But there is no such thing as an easy no. divorce. No, it's absolutely not. It is absolutely not. But it is um, new chapter time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, for both of us, and I think that we are both pretty excited about our new chapters, but this song fucking resonated. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it's been, you know, it's been over for a minute. It's been officially over for a little bit. Um, I wasn't sure when to address it. I mean, I guess I was going to say fu- if I should address it, but I guess at some point I'm going to have to. <laughs> Fucking Disney bracket will take it out of you every time. <laughs> yes, yes. But then how am I going to talk about how much I love this song about a new start, you know, and not say why that resonates. Well, so. you can appreciate a new start and still appreciate what you had before. Yeah, yeah. It Go doesn't have to fucking to. happiness by Taylor Swift, dude. Yeah. That is it. It doesn't yeah. have to be one or the other. It can be both. It is absolutely both. It is so both. And uh, you have been <laughs> you've been curating my divorce playlist so far. <laughs> I have. Anybody needs <laughs> Which a I really playlist. I should probably make that my disaster relief <laughs> <laughs> because you have been sending me a new song paired with an activity every day you can't just send a song no i mean it has to be a vibe people do yeah no it's it's a whole it's a whole thing you send me a thing every day and it's like listen to this while you're giving your plants a little drink listen to this while you're crying in the shower (laughs) lock yourself in the bathroom and cry for this one scream this one I love you. <laughs> and I've been taking your advice and it's been wonderful. And man, you have got some bops. I haven't. You have it's, got it's, some I bops. think I forgot yesterday. I think I've skipped a couple days. I better get back on That's that. It's okay. I don't know what time is anymore. So I don't know. Sometimes it seems like you send three in one day, but I'm pretty sure you don't. I'm pretty sure that's three separate days. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> well, I'll stop so, when you tell me to. Don't. Well, what if I never tell you to? Well, this is my job now. Okay. Well, good. Good. I went out with a friend recently to Olive Garden and they told me to say when for the cheese. And I was like, oh, no, I can't do that. That makes me so anxious. Just stop when you feel like it. I hate that with the little 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 spinny wheel. 
Yeah. And then it's just like you, like, have you a, want some cheese? Yeah. It's like I want it to look like a volcano science project from third grade. Oh you know? Don't stop. <laughs> Don't ever stop. Angel kisses down our throats. Yes. Yes. No. She said yes. Stop trying to normalize that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what she got for us today. Okay. Oh, wait. So dig a little deeper wins. Dig a little deeper obviously wins. Okay. In like multiple different ways. Okay. Man, I'm real conflicted about my future episodes because I have not covered everything I want to cover on this cruise ship thing. Um, but there's no fucking way I'm going to make this a four parter. That's, that's ridiculous. So yeah, I'm real conflicted on this because there are some stories that I really still want to cover. I cannot see myself doing a back to back four parter. I think that people are going to get cruise shipped out. Why don't you just take so, a break I don't know. for like six months? Yeah, and I then... think I'm going to. Yeah. And I, you know, honestly, I really want to, revisit some previous compilations at some point like there are so many more roller coaster disasters yes can i everyone is dying for another amusement park and there was just a horrific so? horror oh my horrific. god i know jesus yeah i know it's awful so i think there are some old compilations I want to revisit. I am going to want to revisit this soon. There are some non-compilation based disasters I want to cover. So I think I'm going to be doing some polls in the Horrible Ghouls group. Nice. I love I think a poll. there's going to be some what do you want to hear next things. Mm. And I am fucking allergic to open polls, but I think I may leave it open so people can add things if they really want to hear something else. Yeah. And you, can, and you could pull on me being me. I'm liable to ignore everything and everyone I know. and do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're wild card. I am a wild card. I really am. That's that's why I'm the brackets are. No, polls are good. That's how, that's how we get. Um, So we're we are recording tomorrow. Well, it probably won't even matter. Patreon. Yeah. It will matter. Yep. Okay, so tomorrow will be up by the end of March. Tomorrow we will record Patreon. That was mm -hmm. a poll. Uh, yes. I don't know if you guys are going to be happy with the direction I took it. I am. <laughs> That's all that matters. Should I tell everyone what it it's was? Our what fucking the winner podcast. Was? Who for the Patreon episode? Yeah. Or should I leave it? I think you should tell them. I'm doing buried alive. Buried alive oh, is the winner. Yeah. Bye. A lot. I love a compilation. I'm doing Chef's Kiss hand right now. <laughs> well, let's get I back love to a yours. Compilation. Yeah. So this will be um, Cruise Ship Deaths Part Three. Well, maybe not deaths. Maybe deaths. Who knows? I don't want to spoil it right out of the gate. And unless the voting tells me otherwise, I will be taking a little break from Cruise Ship disasters for a while but i will definitely be coming back to them whether you like it or not because there is quite a bit that i still want to cover and i for whatever reason have really enjoyed doing these even though it is much more true crimey than we technically are so once again this week i'm doing the half sandwich cup of soup option mm. and i've got two big ones but not quite big enough. I mean, honestly, they probably could have been a whole episode independently, but you know, two big ones. And if I may say so, they're a beautiful pairing. And by beautiful, I don't mean anything positive. It's terrible that these are so similar in certain ways. I mean, they're not really that similar, but there are some horrifying similarities. And I don't know. You matched it up like if, a Disney song bracket. Yes. Yes. I don't know if this means that you are rubbing off on me. <laughs> or I don't know if this is just a problematic statement on the modern cruise industry <laughs> considering i didn't really plan it that way it could also be both 
And this is just their bullshit now. <laughs> Um, because there are some startling similarities. And I think that when you hear either one of these, you're like, "Ooh, yikes, that's not good. But when you hear those startling similarities right next to each other, it's like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yikes. And I'm here to tell you, there are so many more. Mm. There are so many more with these same problems and circumstances. But I will get into that a little bit more at the end. Also, when the fuck are we recording our Titanic viewing party, you bitch? Uh, whenever you're free. <laughs> you're free! Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that in the next... <laughs> I think in the next, like, 36 hours, we're trying to record an episode, record a Patreon episode, and possibly record a mini-sode. Yeah, we got the mini And then I need to edit all three. We so. had the mini-sode stuff together. We just gotta... Yes. There's been a lot going on. You, you, guys, are, you guys are in the yeah. loop now. Yeah, you're in the loop. They understand. NBD. Yeah. And if you don't, you're going to have to. But minisodes are coming your way fucking imminently. And there will be new Patreon shit in your... I I don't know. Where the fuck do you listen to Patreon? Patreon Patreon.com? I just like to say it's in your box. It's in your box. It's in your holes. Do (laughs) they have... Is there a Patreon app? I don't know if there's an app. I don't either. There should be. If there's not We probably should know that. Yeah, we probably should. (laughs) You know, hold on. Actually, let me check real quick. And I also did spend an embarrassing amount of time scanning in and putting together the Binky Trophy book. So I will be (laughs) reading that and releasing that um, hopefully in the next week, week and a half, too. I don't know. Maybe I'll have my kid read it. Maybe you will. You should. It's a kid's book. And then, you know can let your kids listen to something for once yeah okay so patreon i wonder how many people do let their kids listen to this because they have questionable judgment like i do um although i have had to cut my child off from knowing what i'm researching because i think that she was getting a little bit anxious about natural disasters and then she was looking over my shoulder last night and she's like are you writing an episode and i was like yes and she was like What's it about? And I was like, I'm not going to tell you because I think that it is starting to make you a little bit anxious to know what I'm researching. Mm -hmm. And she was like, it's about cruise ships I can read. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Did I even I didn't even tell you this. Ava came up to me and she said, hey, mom, I told my teacher all about your podcast. Mind you, I have not met her teacher. They don't do in-person <laughs> conferences. I don't want a second grade teacher knowing what I do after dark or sometimes uh, in the morning because I'm two very different people. Uh, with my are you ch- really though? Well, I am. I am in front of my children. Yes, I am a lot more tame. Um, but I said, "Oh, honey," I said, "You, I don't know if I want you to do that." And uh, she goes, why? She says, I'm so proud of you. And I said, buddy, I was like, sometimes I say cuss words or bad (laughs) jokes in it. And I was like, I don't want your teacher to think any less of me. And uh, she was like, oh, that's okay. Because I don't think she understands what a podcast is because she kept asking me where she could watch it. (laughs) Oh, bless. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Wow. So. That's adorable. And that also reminds me that during that conversation last night where she condescendingly told me that she knows how to read, she says, um, you're writing cusses. And I was like, no, I'm not. And she's like, it says fuck right there. 
God bless it. Kids. Kids. Kids, man. Okay. So, onward and downward. Ooh. <laughs> I'm hitting on you. So, we've made it to 1999 now. Oh, that's the year I, I graduated. Oh, that's the year I was 11. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't remember exactly where we left off as far as years, but now it is 1999 and we are ready to deal with cruise ship bullshit like it's 1999, which is what you are about to do. So the first one started out until the very end being mostly a single source story, which I don't usually do, but the single source is written by the child of the person involved and the details can all be corroborated. So we're going to go with it. I feel comfortable with that. I'm very wary of primarily single source stories. So in 1999, 50-something Georgia millionaires, Bobby, Joe, and Andy, and I was going to clarify Georgia, the the state, not the country, but one of them's named Bobby Joe, so I think you probably know that, (laughs) planned a cruise to celebrate their 36th wedding anniversary. Bobby Joe was a little bit spooked about this particular juncture in their lives. Things were going amazingly for them. Andy had just sold his business, and they were going to retire early. And Bobby Joe was just kind of like a little bit superstitious and paranoid about it. She was waiting for the she, other shoe to drop. Or? Yes. She felt like whenever anyone they knew did that, tragedy struck immediately. But because trying to track this information down is like my new fucking hobby for anyone wondering, they were both Virgos. <laughs> it took me too long to find that information. They went ahead with their plans along with three other couples that they were close with. Okay. Sidebar. Do you think they were swingers? I mean, maybe. Okay. And just like, just to be clear and be respectful, like there is no indication of any kind that that was the case. I'm sure it wasn't. Even if it was, good for them. We need it's just like, am I the only one who's like, when it's like traveling, couples traveling together, I'm like, hmm. Am I the only one whose mind goes there? Well, I think that's really common with cruises though, because I have an aunt and uncle and yeah, I would definitely. Oh my God, are they you, swingers? But I don't. Want no, I'm just kidding. Swingers. They're not swingers. <laughs> you don't know that. I guess I don't. You really don't. Um, you assume that, but you definitely you don't. You can know never that. know. No, no. But I would cruise with you, but I don't want to swing with you. No shade. No shade. No shade. I don't know. Whenever I hear this, I'm like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> Hmm. So one thing that I do want to note is that this particular group of couple friends is the type, like, actually, I'm not sure if this is really a type, but these people did have professional photos taken of themselves as a group in tuxedos and formal evening gowns. And wow, what a vibe. (laughs) What a vibe. Can we talk about the kind of friendship that one must have as adults to have like studio style portraits taken together? We're going to do it. I'm not saying we're not, but, like, that's a whole thing, you know? That's a family. That is a family. and But, like, no kids involved, just couples. Adult couples in tuxedos. We're swingers. I mean, you said that, not me. <laughs> so, each couple had paid the 2022 equivalent of $25,000 for the cruise. Bobby, Joe, and Andy would be flying to Spain, meeting the other three couples, and then setting sail with the Princess Cruise Line on a Mediterranean cruise. And I am once again courting lawsuits probably because the two cruise lines in question 
are very big name cruise lines in this episode that are very much still operating and are sketchy as fuck in the story. Well, that's their fault, not yours. I mean, they don't agree. They don't agree. I believe they both get sued. So maybe they would like to sue me back, but you know, they got to recoup we'll that see. cost. Sugarland hasn't come for me yet, but we're bigger now. <laughs> so the cruise was amazing. And about a week into it, Andy hit the casino one day with one of the women they were traveling with. He did pretty well. He got super hyped to go back that night saying he would pluck him like a chicken, which. Okay. Damn, why are rich old white dudes so weird? <laughs> they they really are. They can't help themselves. So after the rest of their companions had gone to bed for the night, he and that friend went back to the casino and Andy was on a roll. Win after win piled up until he closed the place down at 3.30 in the morning, walked away with $10,000 and floated on clouds all the way back to – which is like $20,000 now – and floated on clouds all the way back to his cabin to tell Bobby Joe. He didn't have a key with him, so he knocked on the cabin door to be let in. Bobby Joe opened the door, said, how much did you lose? But he burst into the cabin, ecstatic to tell her about his windfall. As wealthy as they were, it was less about the money and more about the thrill. But he was so pumped, he wanted to wake up their friends and tell them. <laughs> That's <laughs> but cute. It, I know. But it was late, and Bobby Joe told him that they had to get some sleep. She's like, go to bed, they, Andy. Fuck. Yes, yes. I'm proud of you, but sleep. Go to sleep. That, that is pretty much the vibe, yes. So they talked for a few. I don't know. Maybe Andy tried to sleep. It's possible. But he was still pretty fucking keyed up. And he got out of bed not long after coming into the room in his boxers. Bobby Joe kind of startled awake when he got up and asked him where he was going, and he told her just to the bathroom. And she nodded off and woke up just a very short while later, 45 minutes after he'd first come into the room, and Andy was gone. Oh, no. Yeah. Where'd he go? Oh, no. That's the question, isn't the it? The casino's closed, right? Well, we're getting there. So... She felt like she needed to track him down and rein him in because they had a whole ass day in Greece the next day. It, it started, I think, that they, you know, docked and kicked it off the ship at, I want to say, like, seven or eight in the morning. And she felt like if he didn't get enough sleep, he was going to try to bail on the Greece tour. He'd already tried to bail on the entire cruise. He was just like, eh. <laughs> but they talked him into going. He went. And she was like, if he doesn't get some sleep, he's not walking around Greece all day tomorrow. So I've got to go find his fucking excited ass and put him to bed. So that is what she did or tried to do. She put on clothes. She went looking for him. You have to assume she's got to be a little bit ticked off at this point. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's very late. Go the fuck to bed. You were like 55 years old, dude. If you have ever been on a cruise ship, I can't explain this, but if you know, you know, the hallways are kind of a vibe. They are. There's something a little bit surreal and unsettling about cruise ship hallways. Do you know what I'm talking I about? I know what you're talking about. Okay. It is like in the same way that late night pancake houses and half abandoned Kmarts are a vibe. <laughs> so are they. Very different vibes, but they're all vibes, all kind of a portal to a different place. Very all specific. Eerie. Very specific. Cruise ship hallways, very specific. You take that kind of a little bit unsettling vibe of a hotel hallway and magnify it by about six, and that's a cruise ship hallway. 
So Bobby Joe is walking these hallways in the middle of the night and she passes a cleaning person. She asks, when does the casino close? And 3.30 a.m. is the answer that she got, but she didn't actually know the time and apparently didn't think to ask. She continued onto the casino and found it closed. So she knew that whatever time it was, it had to be later than 3.30 in the morning. She passed another crew member on her way back and asked the time and was told that it was 4.30 a.m. I feel like there's no way in hell she wasn't ticked at this point, but all she could think was that he had maybe decided to go wake some of their friends after all to tell them his exciting news, but she was not about to go knocking on everyone's doors until she figured out who it might be. There were three other couples. It was not happening. So she went back to their cabin and waited. Now, the source I'm getting most of this from does not say that she slept, just waited. So I'm thinking she's either pissed or worried. And if she was overly worried, you'd think she would be checking with her friends at this point. So I'm sticking with the she was annoyed theory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Finally, if, he's, if that's something that he does, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, she could be like, oh, I'm just going to lose it on him when he walks in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it seems like she didn't sleep. So it's got to be pissed or worried. And it seems more likely that she was aggravated. I mean, I don't think she was like irate or anything, but come on. So... Finally, at 630 in the morning, the couple started calling each other to make plans for the day ahead. Dennis called Bobby Joe's cabin. Dennis is one of the husbands of the other three couples and asked Bobby Joe. Oh, wait. And Bobby Joe asked if Andy was with him. And he said no. So Bobby Joe called the other couple that was sailing with them and got the same answer. And then the other couple and got the same answer. So Andy's not with any of them. So at this point, Dennis kind of took charge of the situation, trying to calm Bobby Joe down, telling her they would track Andy down, and the different couples split up to search the decks, finding no trace of Andy. So they met up at the purser's office, and after about an hour of fucking around, not on their part, I believe on the crew's part, they were able to report Andy missing to security. Security said it would take about an hour to conduct a sweep of the ship, and they got started searching the places that the friends hadn't already searched, like other cabins and crew areas. And God, I can just imagine how your stomach would sink then, because at that point, like, there is no good scenario. Right. It's just a range of different bad options. Like, why would he be in some rando's cabin? Right. I I feel like the best case scenario is basically infidelity. Right. (laughs) And, you know, the worst case would be murder, basically. There's no good thing there. And he just, he he doesn't belong any of those places. He certainly doesn't belong in the crew spaces. Why the fuck would he be there? Again, it's bad. They're running out of harmless misunderstanding scenarios real fast. So they realize that none of Andy's clothes are missing. So wherever he is, he's there in his boxers. Oh, shit. Yeah, because he was went to the bathroom. Yep. And they, you know, they knew, his wife knew exactly what he had packed And it was all accounted for. She probably packed it. I'm sure she did. So he's also a chain smoker and his cigarettes that he was never without for any length of time were also still in their cabin. And I get the impression that he was like such a chain smoker that that's basically like someone leaving without their phone. Now, it's hard for me to imagine that you could really not be without your cigarettes at the fuck all, even for a short errand. But apparently he would not have been. There are more cars in this that I'm going to be able to edit out. I'm sorry. (laughs) I keep wanting to stop. And then there's another one right behind it. And I'm like, so I don't know. I'm moving this thing to another quieter place very soon. Oh, now there's a train. It's (laughs) ambiance. It's ambiance. So it's ambiance. 
There it is. So honestly, swingers or not swingers, this group was on some Scooby-Doo bullshit. And these are the people that you want dealing with shit if you disappear under mysterious circumstances, let me fucking tell you. Dennis, who was described by the Atlanta Constitution as rich and adventurous, tracked down the captain. And by tracked down, I mean barged into a crew-only room and assaulted the captain, practically. (laughs) And asked him to plot the ship's location at the time that Andy disappeared so they would know where to search in case he'd gone overboard. Wow. Yeah, like, who even fucking thinks of that? Which the captain, surprisingly, in my opinion, agreed to do. Dennis also requested that a man overboard be reported and asked a fucking crew member who was in charge of things to track down a helicopter so they could begin their own search. Wow. Yeah. At this point, I have cast Dennis as the rock in my head. Um, There are pictures. He looks nothing like that, but he's the rock. In our movie, he's the rock. Yeah, he's the rock. So they did. The male travelers rented a goddamn helicopter with an ex-military pilot. Hmm. Actually, you know what? Maybe the ex-military pilot's The Rock. Yeah. I feel like Dennis might be like slightly older than mummy era Brendan Fraser. What if he's like a young Sean Connery? Okay, yeah. No, that that works for me too. That's actually closer to accurate. Um, None of them are young. They're all at least in their 50s. But I don't care. It doesn't matter. I will dreamcast this however I want. (laughs) So they got going, leaving the women to handle things on the ship, as Bobby Joe was so upset that she'd been sedated by the ship's physician. Oh, she was hysterical? She was hysterical. She was a hysterical woman? Or was there a reason they might want her sedated? I don't know. None of the articles really get into that, but it's sus to me. Mm -hmm. The whole group was the the group that was out searching in the helicopter was real fucking unimpressed to see a coast guard boat just vibing with the crew literally sunbathing not searching at all Mm. and they also quickly got to the bottom of that when they called the ship to ask what the fuck and it turned out that the man overboard hadn't even been issued yet (sighs) but they they issued it then it's fine it's only been 10 hours since Andy apparently went into the water it's been 10 hours it's fine they were at a temperature where exhaustion or unconsciousness would be likely in two to 12 hours so it's chill oh we got two more hours no biggie maybe best case scenario it's fine so it would be about 2 p.m at this point which is when they called to check on the women and discovered that the women were basically being kicked off the ship by 4.30, so two and a half hours, and left in Greece while the ship continued to its next port of call. No! Uh-uh! Yeah! It's fine. You're fucking kidding me. Are you serious right now? I'm very serious, yes. And this is Princess Cruise Lines, which is a major operational cruise line. Evil Queen Cruise Lines, more like it. <laughs> what the fuck? That's lame, but I'm impressed. <laughs> so at this point panic was understandably setting in for bobby joe during her time on the ship the shipmaster had told her according to her eventual lawsuit quote that her husband had fallen overboard that he had died in his fall from the ship and that his body would be sucked under the ship chopped up by the propellers and probably would not be recovered (sighs) so she was obviously in a fucking state she was being questioned by the police who were being huge dicks about it She was being hustled off the ship, but for all she knew, Andy, or maybe Andy's body, who knew, could possibly still be on the ship. Right. And also, for all she knew, he could be in the water somewhere. So, like, what she needed was for the cruise line to fucking chill and quit trying to leave. Right. But the officials were too concerned about the optics and panicking passengers. But as always, you should be panicking. 
A hotel room was finally set up as kind of a home base for the women, and the men's search came up absolutely empty after absolutely no help from Princess whatsoever. They searched the ship initially, and that was the literal fucking end of their involvement. I hate it. Yeah. And imagine if this hadn't been uh, seven millionaires who could just fucking commission a helicopter. Oh, they wouldn't care. Yeah, normally I'm not like team give millionaires credit much at all. Um, but like, I still do think that it's impressive that they were even thinking in such an organized way. But at the same time, like, they have the resources for this to be an option for them. And in so many stories that I have skipped over because it's too dark, too repetitive, it's, it's alarming how many I've cut because they were too repetitive or, you know, not enough information, something. It is a fucking fact that if some shit happens to you on a cruise ship, you very well may be on your own to figure it out. That's a good lesson. Like completely and totally on your own. And about 10 Americans disappear from cruise ships every year. 10? 10. (sighs) Yep. I mean, sometimes it's solved, sometimes it's not. But about 10 people uh, get on a cruise ship and don't get off of it when they're supposed to. Every year. Shouldn't be a thing. No, and there is not necessarily a protocol or much of an obligation for them to do anything but shrug and say, IDK, good luck. So this left Dennis to deliver the news in tears to Bobby Joe in the hotel room. He brought out a map and explained to her where all they had searched and said that they would have seen him if he was there. Bobby Joe asked Dennis, is Andy dead? And he said, I think so, Bobby. She asked, did he suffer? And Andy said, I think he died as soon as he hit the water. So, and I saw in a few places that apparently from the height he would have been falling from, it would have been like hitting concrete. Yeah. Bobby Joe finally returned home to her three adult children and family three days after Andy disappeared. And three days after that, a body washed up on an island near where the search had been conducted. The autopsy was conducted in Greece, and it took forever. It took so long that the body wasn't returned until 16 days after his death. Oh, wow. And the family, yeah, and it was not in good shape. The family never got to see it. They never even got to make a visual identification. The autopsy showed that he died by drowning, but he didn't have any of the broken bones. Now, wait a minute here. Okay. (laughs) Not one person made a visual? Nope. That, I think, isn't that, a, I mean, it's 99, maybe. Isn't that against the law? I mean, I think they have, I mean, you never know how much it's just sadness and denial, but I think they personally have a little bit of uncertainty, a little bit of unconvincedness about whether it is actually him. Well, yeah, if you're not identifying, I know when my brother passed, like, I'm in Louisiana, I mean, I was sent pictures of him like they weren't doing nothing until I identified my brother. Yeah. Yeah. That just seems fucking weird. Yeah, it does. Okay. Sorry. They, yeah. I, I, I only know so much about the details, but I do know that they found the whole thing a little bit sketch. Yeah. Furthermore, the autopsy showed that he died by drowning, but he didn't have any of the broken bones one would expect to see in a fall from that height or any damage from the propellers that they said would be expected. Because it's not him. I don't know. I really don't know. 
I mean, I haven't really heard any super compelling evidence that it wasn't him other than that. But I mean, no one made a visual identification. It's it's sketchy. I don't know. Bobby Joe sued Princess Cruise Lines and was awarded a settlement, but it was way less than the attorney fees that she would have to pay. I don't know if it's just like a, and it was so unfair kind of injustice thing, but I've seen some stuff where her kids talked about like the enormous attorney fees and how, you know, overwhelming it was. And I'm like, she was a millionaire. I mean, was it really, really bad or was it, you know, like it didn't personally burden her? It's just bullshit. I don't know. But like they really talked about the expense of the lawsuit a lot, wow. even with a settlement. So in addition to that, she and all of her traveling companions had a gag order imposed on them about it. And in the course of the lawsuit, the comments from the ship's master about how he's gone overboard and he's going to be chopped up by propellers and all that came up. And the ship's master said that he hadn't known she was within earshot, which is very questionable in my opinion. And according to the court, quote, officials are often forced with the unenviable task of asking difficult questions at sensitive times or explaining gruesome contingencies. Yeah, I was going to say that's not a question. That's a fucking statement. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Princess would also say that Andy had been seen by his own traveling companion sitting on the rail of his balcony smoking during the trip. And that quote, Andy was personally responsible for this needless tragedy. Oh, we're victim blaming. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't have a cigarette, uh, so he would be sitting on the railing. You know, I mean, maybe he could have grabbed one, one and taken it out. I, I don't know. I don't know. It is so This one's so mysterious. Yeah, it's... Well, so is the next one. The next one's maybe even more so. It is so shitty because the thing is, with cruise lines and these, these disasters, it is... A lot of the times their explanations are plausible and it probably is what happened. I mean, it's, it's entirely possible that that's what happened, but they're so egregiously shitty about right. it. In every story, they are just such ap, wow, train. In every story, they are just such absolute fucking assholes about there's it. There's no bedside manner. No, there's not. And I mean, I really think that it's just because their entire revenue is is completely dependent upon people feeling like this is safe. And I mean it's it's entertainment, it's luxury. People don't have to do it. And if people don't feel like it's safe, they're not going to. So they really the victim blaming by cruise lines, you know, we I I fancy myself somewhat of a connoisseur of victim blaming at this point. Right. And uh cruise line victim blaming is on another level. Wow. So that gag order didn't apply to their children, one of whom told their story online, which was, which is where I got most of this from. And that is that for Andy's Andy's story. Wow. What a mess. Yeah. What a mess. Wait till you hear the next one. Uh -oh. Are you ready for the soup to go with your sandwich? Yes. Okay. So for whatever reason, I'm really leaning into the mysterious to the point of spooky theme on this episode. So let's talk about Marion Carver. Ooh, that's a spooky Marianne was a name. very interesting woman. I know. And she had a spooky face. <laughs> <laughs> that's so mean. Um, but it, it's – look her up. You'll know what I mean. It's not an insult. Trust me. Not at all. She was a very interesting woman. She was a bold, independent, redheaded Aries. And I am two for two on identifying the zodiac signs of my main characters in this episode. Nice. And I feel like that's good luck. It is good luck. 
It is good luck. It was hard in every case to find, but I found it. Um, she was a poet and a former investment banker, which is an interesting dichotomy. But at the point of our story, she was living off of a trust fund. When she was 36, her marriage ended and her husband gained custody of her then nine-year-old daughter. I don't know why. I have no idea if this involved her fitness as a mother, if it was a logistics thing. I have no clue. But it happened. Whatever the reason, she just went into a tailspin. She fell into a depression that she found it really hard to shake and even struggled with suicidal thoughts at times. But she kept moving forward, rebuilding her life. I don't think that with the trust fund, money was a huge issue for her at this point. One of the things that she did to kind of help stabilize her mental health was sometimes taking spontaneous trips or cruises when she needed a bit of a reset, which frankly sounds lovely. Four years after her divorce in August of 2004, she booked a last minute trip on Royal Caribbean's Mercury two days before it was due to set sail for a seven day Alaskan cruise departing from Seattle. I want to go on a Alaskan cruise so bad. which was 3,000 miles from her home in Boston. She boarded with no suitcases, just two purses. That's strange. For a seven-day cruise. She seemed to board the ship in a laid-back state of mind and was friendly and talkative with her cabin steward, seemingly looking forward to her cruise. Now, I really just want to pause here, and I know... I'm going to be giving away some of the story discussing this, but whether she could have been suicidal will eventually come up. And I think discussing it is more important than not, you know, quote unquote, spoiling the story because, I mean, she's traveling alone and she ended up on this episode of this podcast. So we already know it's not great. Right. <laughs> but I really think that we need to take a moment and talk about the fact that, first of all, depressed or mentally unwell or suicidal people do not necessarily look or seem any particular way. Exactly. And second of all, women are world-class champions at seeming fine when they're absolutely not fine. Mm-hmm. It is something It's a secret are, talent. Uh-huh. We are socially conditioned, encouraged, forced, required to do. Yes. Um, especially if you have children. And I hate to say this, but especially if you've been married. Yeah. And I don't even mean that as anything against marriage or men or anything. I feel like given the fact that I am now going through a divorce, I feel like that's going to come off a certain way, but I actually don't mean it that way at all. It's just that there is a role that the world incentivizes you to step into. And there's also a role that husbands are expected to step into. And once you kind of have your lines, it is possible or even easy to just read those lines. Yes. And completely compartmentalize whatever you might be going through internally. And I think that that can very easily come with marriage. I think that's something that could probably stick with you after you are no longer married. So I'm not saying at this point that I think anything in particular did or did not happen to Marianne, but a lot of stories about this have her male steward reporting that she seemed personable and fine. And I'm like... Well, you'll see that with a lot of suicides, too, where it's like, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's a mask that's very easy to wear. I know for sure that I have seemed personable at fine at times that I was absolutely completely not. And it is 
I think, much easier to do with a stranger who's filling a professional role, like a doctor or a waiter, yes. where there's like a social script that most people know and it's very automatic to snap into. Like, I remember being in the hospital after the baby was born and being like a complete fucking mess inside but like just a little bit of a mess around like the female nurses who'd been there through every step of it but then when the male high-risk ob that i'd never met before came in like i remember doing my polite smile and making small talk like this was just any other day when i was like dying inside emotionally and actually also dying inside literally i was trying to hemorrhage to death at the moment but like you would not have known any of that at all and I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I've been in Walgreens and like one of the worst moments of my life, smiling and telling a cashier, I'm pretty good. Thanks. Like, yeah, I could buy therapy, like a lot of therapy, a lot of therapy. <laughs> no, right there with you. Yeah. So I don't to me, that just means nothing. Right. And I, I'm certainly especially once we get further into this, I'm certainly not saying that to impugn that guy, the steward at all. He, you know, is the most helpful person in the story, but I don't think that his, oh, she seemed fine thing means literally anything. Yeah. And you're seeing hundreds of people walk yeah. through. And I mean, if, so, like, if something had happened to me right after any of those times, anybody who had interacted with me would say I'd seen perfectly fine. And I, I just think this is very common in general. I think in my opinion, it's probably even more common for women. And in my even more specific hot take, I think it's even more common in women who have been wives. Yes. So back to our story. Marianne told her steward that she wasn't interested in going to the dining room. She wasn't interested in going on the second night either, but he knew she would need to eat. So he suggested room service and she ordered two sandwiches, which he delivered to her cabin. Oh, yeah. When she went, when he went to clean her cabin the next day, it was obvious that her bed was still made, like in the particular way that the cruise line made their beds. So it wasn't just like she'd made it back up, like it was still made. And the customary chocolate was still on her pillow. So she had definitely not slept there. And she wasn't there. But some other things were, including the only pair of shoes she had brought on the trip, all of her personal belongings, a large tip, and a manila envelope. A large tip? Mm-hmm, $107. Wow, that is this big. It is big, it is a random-ass number, and it is typical to leave a tip on the last day of the cruise. Yes. Yes. And I, when I say her, all of her personal belongings, I mean all of her personal belongings. <laughs> As with Andy, wherever she'd gone, she was there in her underwear. Oh, wow. What was in the envelope, you may be wondering. Yes. I can't tell you. Why? We'll get to that. I can't tell you. So this situation must have seemed really fucking off to the steward because he reported her missing immediately that same day. When she wasn't back on day three of the seven-day cruise, he reported her missing all over again. Same on days four, five, and six. On day seven, what? the supervisor... Hmm? <laughs> okay. <laughs> On day seven, his supervisor was over it and told him to do his job and forget it. <gasps> In fact, he told him to do more than that. He told him, actually, just go ahead and pack up all of Marion's shit and just give it to him. <gasps> so without too much choice in the matter, that is what the steward did. And his supervisor stashed all of her stuff in his personal locker. Oh, um. well, most of it. Not all of it. He gave her clothes to charity, like right away, like immediately. <gasps> Uh, yeah, like immediately he, it, the shit was gone. My jaw is on the fucking ground right now. Uh huh. And this is 2004. Like, this is not that fucking old. 
Um, and that was that. Except that Marion may not have had custody of her daughter, who was now 13, but she sure did have a relationship with her. Enough of one that her daughter knew something was wrong when she couldn't reach her mom for days and then weeks. Oh, no. Unfortunately, no one had been aware that she was taking this cruise at all. Marion's daughter reached out to Marion's dad, Kendall. So since they didn't even know she'd been on the cruise, this was absolutely not a situation of them having the slightest fucking clue where to start. Kendall did his own due diligence trying to track her down, came up empty, finally leading him to report her missing to the Boston police three full weeks after she had vanished from the Mercury. And that's her her ex-husband? No, that's her dad. Oh, that's... That's Marion's dad. Kendall's Marion's dad. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're Get fine. My family Basically, her daughter up. reached out to her grandfather. Okay. I thought Kendall was her ex-husband. Like, no. Okay. No. She bypassed so, dad and went straight to grandpa. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So he did his due diligence trying to track her down, came up empty, which finally led him to report her missing to the Boston police three full weeks after she had vanished from the Mercury. And the cabin steward had started reporting her missing to his supervisor. No one on the ship had contacted anyone off the ship. Not law enforcement, not her family. The police discovered financial records in her bank account that led them to the Mercury. And Kendall called the cruise line to verify that Marion had been aboard the ship and heard back from them three days later, Mm. 26 days after her disappearance, from a risk management manager who said that she had been on the ship, yes, but people disappear from their cabins and leave all their belongings behind all, all the, time. the time. All the time. <laughs> I feel like, can you imagine the meeting that had to have gone on behind the scenes about this? Like, I'm picturing the CEO of Royal Caribbean doing a line off a boardroom table and being like, okay, Tim, how are we spending this? <laughs> These people aren't cruise line experts. Like, let's just try to convince them that cruises are fucking Twilight Zone portals to another dimension. This kind of thing is totally expected. Sure. Run with it. Make it work, Tim. What the fuck? Oh, my gosh. It's ballsy. It is It is so... ballsy to just be like, this happens. It's fine. Don't worry about They're it. They're just gaslighting the fuck out of them. Yeah. So you still haven't heard from her? Don't fucking worry about it. I don't know. This happens. That like, is what? the Twilight Zone. And when you get a call back about something like, can I confirm that my daughter was on the ship and you get a call back from a risk management manager, that's not great. Yeah. That's not fucking great. No. So, as in our previous story with Princess, Royal Caribbean just did not do shit to assist in figuring this out. Nothing. Kendall had to do everything himself. He was obstructed by the cruise line in every single thing he did. Two weeks after Kendall started looking into things, Royal Caribbean finally contacted the FBI, which they should have done five fucking weeks prior. Kendall asked for surveillance footage and was told that it's erased every three days, when in reality, it's erased every month. Uh. And when he asked about it, they should have been just inside that month and it should have been still accessible for like a couple more days. And they were like, nope, it's been gone for three and a half weeks. And no, that's not true. So Royal Caribbean denied having had any missing reports filed about Marion during the cruise, refused to identify her steward. Fired the supervisor who told the steward to forget about it without ever identifying him either. And the supervisor took the mysterious manila envelope with him. Oh, no. Oh, yes. It's fine. No, it's not fine. It's fine. fine. Don't worry about it. 
Kendall, Marion's dad, sued the cruise line and learned during the trial how much he'd been lied to. But of course, Royal Caribbean just said that Marion had killed herself and apparently had no real answer for why they refused to cooperate with providing surveillance footage, allowing a private investigator access to anything, um, or releasing the contents of the manila envelope, all of which you'd think would prove their own theory for them. Right. Like, if they're like, don't worry about it, she killed herself, and you have a video of that. Yes. Or a suicide note. I mean, come on. That's sketchy as fuck. That's sketchy as fuck. And in fact, in the midst of the lawsuit, Royal Caribbean went ahead and declared Marion dead, releasing a statement without the cooperation of her family that said, Mrs. Carver had severe emotional problems, had attempted suicide before, and appears to have committed suicide on our ship. Wait. Yep. You can't, a cruise line can't just make blanket statements like that. Stay with us. We'll be right back. In space. No one can hear you scream. Unless you have a podcast. It's Space Castle! Join three nerds. I'm DT. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. As they hurtle through space, debating movies, books, games, and answering your pop culture questions. All to maintain their own sanity. Space Castle. Your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. Available wherever pods are casted. Well, they did. Fuck Kendall them. won his lawsuit, but Marion was never found, and there were never really any answers. For what it's worth, I personally do think that she probably died by suicide because she boarded with one dress and basically nothing else for a week-long cruise, which is almost worse because they should have been able to prove that easily and clear their name. And it just, given the fact that I actually think she probably did, it's like they're just obstructionists just for the fucking sake of it. Yeah. It's, It's ridiculous. It's They're shooting themselves in the foot. It's petty. It's ridiculous. And I mean, it is terrifying how useless even modern major cruise lines will be if some shit goes down on one of their ships it is it is alarming it's a theme it it's i don't know what the answer is as far as that because i like cruising too yeah but you're on your fucking own if something happens well yeah i mean they give you i'm trying to remember do they make you sign a waiver i feel like i signed like you sign a waiver when you buy the ticket. Um, that came up in. Oh gosh, it we've came talked up in about one of these this lawsuits. Week. It came up in Andy's lawsuit. Everything that was on the tickets releasing uh, Princess from liability. I'm sure it came up in the second one too, but I didn't. I didn't get into the court transcripts as deeply on Marion's. Yeah, but there is a lot of ambiguity about it. I mean, it doesn't necessarily flat out say. If you die, I don't know, thoughts and prayers, sorry about it. A lot of it is very gray area language that's subject to interpretation about how much reasonable risk a passenger is assuming on their own. Right. But that's straight up like negligence. Yeah. And apparently a lot of American cruise lines actually technically, legally aren't American. 
So there can be a lot of really gray area as far as jurisdiction and foreign waters right. and that kind of thing. And there, there is, it's shocking how much shit they can slide by with. It really is. There's a, and it's intentional. I know there's a website that you can go to that has like full on cruise ratings. <laughs> And you know, okay, this is really dark and I wasn't going to get into this, but it wouldn't even be an episode of mine if I didn't have something that I wasn't going to get into until I fucking did. <laughs> I think that is so shitty because let's say there was a note in that manila envelope. A lot of people do die by suicide on cruise ships and I don't, oh, I don't want to address that in any kind of problematic way, but I do think that for a lot of people, it has to be intended as a kindness to their loved ones right like to you know not have them have to have any exposure or involvement in the discovery or anything i mean i can imagine that someone in a really dark place could think like that right i get the logic it's horrible but i get it and imagine if that's what she did and she thought she was shielding her family from this and she wrote a fucking note and they never got to know like her dad started a whole foundation for cruise ship victims and disappearances that's fucking and cool i mean shouldn't yeah, have he, to shouldn't have to no. again why and he dedicated his life to this for like 15 years before he died in 2019 so i mean imagine Thinking that you have protected your loved ones in this, you know, really dark way, but you, you did what you thought you needed to do. You did your best. And then this fucking sh supervisor just takes your note with him and they never get answers. That's awful. I don't. That's just horrible. What is that guy up to? I'm going to punch him in the fucking face. <laughs> well, actually, no one knows what he was up to because he was never identified, but the, um, other crew on the ship, I believe, are pretty sure that he's just working on a different ship now. Of course. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, again, the splash seems really inappropriate, but do you want some disaster relief? Yes. Okay, you go first. I met Michelle Kaz. Is Michelle Kaz your disaster relief? <laughs> yes. I love it. I'm so jealous. So um, from my train episode with the paraphilias, I had gotten that was inspired by uh, true crime bullshit, which was a recommendation by her. Come to find out as I'm binging through it, she's she she works with him <laughs> like she did. She's a oh. researcher. Oh, my gosh. This is really fucking cool. Uh, it was a very cool surprise. Anyway, she was going to Florida. There was a meet and greet with uh, True Crime Bullshit, Defense Diaries, and Cults, Crimes, and Cabernet podcasts. And I got invited along. I convinced oh her God. to, um, I was like, you know, it's really easy to fly from Florida to New Orleans. So she booked the trip. And I got to meet a lot of really. That is so fucking cool. Cool people because of her. We, um had really amazing dinner i got um i was a little late so she asked if i wanted if she wanted me to just order the weirdest thing on the menu um, <laughs> i arrived about the time when we were ordering anyways and wound up ordering her suggestion i got a uh, rabbit and dumplings it was fucking amazing um a little Ooh. weird considering i have a rabbit um oh. delicious nonetheless um, and then we went to, <laughs> <laughs> I got to put a content warning on this for necklace. <laughs> <laughs> My, My poor bunny. <laughs> um, 
And then we went to Barrel Proof for the meet and greet, and it was incredible. And I found some new podcasts to listen to. And just as a baby podcaster, it was really good to um, talk to these hosts who have been doing this for a while that are insanely, insanely successful. Uh, But most importantly, I mean, Kaz was the fucking highlight. Uh, She is just as wonderful in person as you would imagine. She's fucking cool. God, I'm so stupidly jealous. Good, you should be. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my disaster relief. I love it. Yeah, check out I those other it. podcasts though. They're really good. Um right now I'm making my way through uh Defense Diaries, the first season. Um the host his father, he's a lawyer, which is really, I love that in a podcast, but his father was a defense attorney for Gacy. Oh my God. Yeah. So he has, this podcast has a lot of shit that's not out there. Wow. And he, he that's I, really cool. I guess he shopped it around and was like, no, we're just going to do it my way. And there, you know, there's no restraints on podcasting. So that's what he did. No. All of them. Wow. Super incredible. Check them out. I love it. Okay. Well, I'm going to continue with your theme of experiences that can't be just, <laughs> I don't know, I feel like our disaster relief is theoretically supposed to be like a check out this brand kind of thing, which a lot of times it is. Um, I pierced my nose. It's so sexy. God. <laughs> I love it. And I want to advise everyone, um, if you hate your nose, go ahead and pierce it. It's so sexy. It might be how you make friends with it. And now I'm wondering, what if I just tattoo every part of myself I don't like? Will that work? I don't know. I'm hearing from people that it might. One of my friends hated her feet, tattooed them, and now doesn't hate them anymore. I have hated my nose for my whole life. Um, a lot. Like, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I pierced it, and I hate it a lot less now. <laughs> uh, it's It looks so beautiful on you. Thank you. I love it. It hurt way less than I thought it would. Yeah, I miss my piercing. People were all over the place in terms of how much they said it was going to hurt. Some people were like, it hurts way worse than a tattoo. It's going to be awful. What did I tell you? You told me it was not going to hurt at all. And I mean, it hurt a little bit, like really not much. And it was extremely fast. And now, I mean, it's a little sore. I would say like pain level. It feels like a pimple, basically. (laughs) Um, it's been a few days and, you know, like if I accidentally bump my nose, like it's a little tender, but it's fine. I love it. I'm really excited. Oh, it suits you. I'm really excited. You make me want to go do me. something, really like does. get a tattoo or something. Do it. I want to go get a piercing. tattoo so bad. God, I want to go get a tattoo so bad. I w- Pierce your lip. You'd be hot. I wanted to go when Ava got her ears pierced. I wanted to get a second hole because I just have one and uh I don't know. I was like, am I taking away from her special moment? So I was like, no, I'll just do it a second hole next time. <laughs> like it was, it was her birthday. I don't, it wasn't supposed to be a bonding moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the bonding moment was like her first time and I got yeah. to hold her hand. Um, oh, I took Adelaide with me to get my nose pierced and she took pictures throughout the, the pictures process. are hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bled like stupid a lot. And I was like, my whole point of taking her was that she's wanted to get her ears pierced for a couple of years, but she's gotten, she's kind of lost her nerve as far as the pain goes. Aww. Um, And I was like, okay, she, even if it hurts me 
real bad. I'm going to be super chill about it. So she thinks it's not that bad. So um, which, how'd she take yeah, it? Is no. she going to get her ears pierced? No, I mean, she was fine. Like, she loves to see bad things happen to other people. But she, no, she's good. She's, she's all set. She's good on the earrings. <laughs> yeah, good on the earrings. Oh, my gosh. So. How cute. Well, we got some new Patreons. Heck yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about Let's it. talk about it. So first of all, we're going to talk about your mom again. Okay. Um, she just raised it some more. What the hell, mom? The- Are you okay? <laughs> it's okay if you're not. You just, yeah. Anyways, I ordered the Polaroids. <laughs> I ordered the film. It's supposed to be in today. Oh my God. Mom, get ready. Get ready. <laughs> I don't, how do I do this? Would Cody do it for I you? I bet. Do I just spread them? I mean, with your butthole, I think you might not even need to bend or anything. It's probably just right there. (laughs) (laughs) You are such a trooper about this bit. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I got Polaroids. Um, Yeah, they should arrive today. It's going to be weird. Things are getting weird over here in Patreon country. Um, And then we have two new Patreons. So we have two new Patreons today, um, Rebecca Rovins and Lacey That's a cool Valentine. Name. That's a cool name, too. I mean, it's just, is this standard? Do we just get all the cool names in our Patreon? Like, I love just scrolling through. Okay, I just want to say, and I, I really, honestly, truly don't think that I'm being biased here. But I know it's going to sound like very kiss-assy. I think we have abnormally cool listeners. We do. Like, the people in the Horrible Ghouls group have the coolest fucking jobs. Exactly. And hobbies. And backgrounds. And areas of knowledge. I'm just like, how did we get you? And then, on top of that, like, just wait till the page- or the mini-sode comes out. Like, it's awesome. Okay. okay, my baby is starting to yell. So right now, I also <laughs> um, wanted to do a correction um, from last week for Paige Boziak. She says it's Polish, so the spelling just doesn't make sense. But she says she loves our podcast and she actually does donate blood often. Oh, yay. But how often has she donated kidney? Yeah. I guess you can only do it once or twice. Yeah. The second one might be a little sketch. It could be. It could be sketch. So it could be sketch, but you'll be fine. You won't be you fine. You'll be fine. But it's fine. So yeah, go donate blood. Go donate food. Go donate. Go donate a kidney. And uh, <laughs> until next time, sweet dreams. Until next time. Next time won't be long for us. No. <laughs> sweet dreams or no dreams. Sweet dreams or no dreams. Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at MarkSafePodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us, too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shoutouts, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.